welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through, a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your double feature neophyte, Frank. And today we have a very special guest with us, our pal Eric. Say hi, Eric. I'm a recurring guest now. Hi, everybody. So we are going to try and put our heads together to get through Season 3, Episode 3, You Got the Look. So. I was about to make fun of it for being like the letter U instead of the word U. But I was like, eh, no. Prince can get away with it. Does Prince oh, ever have a song title with Y-O-U in it? Looking it up. <laughs> no. I, I don't think he does. Um, anyway, so to get us acquainted with this episode, Eric... Because I feel like we've gone through all the niceties of you and your your relationship with Degrassi and things like that. Um, yeah. Would you like to introduce our A-plot and B-plot? Sure. Okay. So our A-plot is Manny decides that she needs to change her look from cute to hot. Um, and all the repercussions of that, including breaking some hearts and uh, getting some, some cute older boys. Um, our B-plot is dad band hijinks or like midlife crisis dad <laughs> um where oh what's what is the guy's name whose dad it is i'm sorry uh craig joey craig, craig's dad yeah stepdad Ye- um, uh it's uh it's adopted? complicated <laughs> yeah okay craig's father figure there we go uh, tries to get involved with his high school band, and the results are very cringy and sad. Yeah, yeah. And uh, because we were smart this episode, we're going to try and tackle the B-plot first, because we agreed ahead of time. Um, so, our... Uh, sorry, quick interjection. Sure. I wish you heaven. Really? Yeah. Just Y-O-U? Yep. Huh. One of how many? <laughs> not, not a whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing compares to you. You got the look. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought of immediately. When you were mine, I would die for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, when it's your, he. That's I always when it's Y O U R. All right, all right. Um, shall we begin, Frank? Have you been satisfied? Yeah. <laughs> How come you don't call me anymore? <laughs> Um, anyway, so we open up our B-plot, it's Joey tending to Angie and kind of realizing that, oh no, he forgot the juice, but Craig and Marco swoop in, Craig releasing from his, wherever he was hiding it, up the juice box, uh, and Joey is really excited and also says, hey, remember how you were grounded because you skipped school, which we went over in the first episode of the season, um, he announces that the grounding is over, and Marco is very excited about this because it means that they can work on their band. We've finally hit an era of Degrassi that I remember, which is when everything and anything had to do with being in a band. It's very important. Yes. It was deeply influential I, to me. Can I say two things about this scene? Please. One is um, the dad's red convertible was the first thing that, like, signaled to me, like, this is midlife crisis, man. Because <laughs> that is why you have a red convertible with a child seat in it. Um, <laughs> and the second is that box was totally in his pocket, and I don't want pocket change. 
don't want pocket juice. I don't want pocket juice in my little red Corvette. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, no, the the red convertible is definitely a good sign, and it's like. I feel like it's 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 that great double double statement where you you have yes you have that but also reiterates like oh don't worry Joey's a used car salesman in case you forgot oh, is that his job yes oh, it is that yes that's his occupation well, that, ex- that explains some of his shirt choices I guess yeah he they really went hard on him looking like a used car dealer yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Eh, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so they're talking about the band, and Joey just kind of perks up when he hears band. And Joey brings up, like, oh, like, you can use the garage as a, as a rehearsal space, and inevitably, like, brings up that he, too, was in a band, which we've talked to death, really, in The Next Generation. Um, oh, and, this has come out before. Oh, my God. It... Frank, you you've I been, been in part of an episode with that yet. No, you haven't been. Frank, you've been watching this once a week at this point. Like, how many times do you feel like the zits have been referenced in Next Generation? This is not even including the pre- the uh, presence it had in Degrassi High. Okay, let's see. Um, there was the time Snake played their song at the dance. Um. They drunkenly sing it in the first episode. Yeah. Um, they sing it when they have helium in there, when they're sucking helium. That's three. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I feel like there was mention of it again during White Wedding when um, they're like, they find a tape of the zits or something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like there's definitely more that we're not Well, the thing is, it's hard for me to parse out when Joey has mentioned them and then we've mentioned them. Yeah, but it's been a couple times. Like, they've really hit it over the head with this reference, and it's like... This is a motif. Yeah, it is a motif at this point. I, yeah. I know... I know it's our own personal headcanon, but I really want Snake and Joey to start another band and go head-to-head against Tracker's cover band. Yes, you know, the other thing that we, we've created while <laughs> on this podcast is that Tracker's cover has a cover band. But, um... Who's Tracker? Tracker is Sean's brother. He looks Tracker. like... He looks like Axl Rose circa this era, and we just kind of... Oh, yeah, it, we just ran with it. Um... But yeah, so inevitably he brings up his band, and I'm pretty sure he sings their one <laughs> fucking song during this moment. Yeah, I think kind of mumble sings it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I understand, like, look, like, I, I've talked on, on the show about how I, too, was in a band for a very, very brief amount of time in high school. But, like, Jesus. Um, I... When I first started college, I was still living at home because I was commuting to Newark, mm-hmm. and I had a um, this real like this really janky like they were talking like early aughts, maybe two thousand five, two thousand six, but it was basically like in a digital eight track. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have it. I don't think it works anymore. It would like barely work to begin with, but like you would have to like 
you'd play into it, and then you'd have to upload the WAV files, like, to your computer. Like, having a MacBook makes this so much easier. But, like, um, my main thing was just, like, I would write music, like, on my weekends when I didn't have anything else to do because all my friends were gone. And I might have made, like, seven or eight albums. Wow. And they are all... Thankfully, like, I pulled the master seat. I'm sorry? I lost a time. Yep. They were awful. Like, I looked up the, I found my old lyric sheets. It is some of the whiniest, awfulest, capital N, capital G, like, nice guy laments you will ever hear. (laughs) It was a different, I did not care for 2000. Five, 21 year old Frank that guy was an asshole <laughs> oh boy but as I was told don't forget the lessons you learned from him and I was like yeah one lesson I learned don't be like that guy <laughs> wow worse than, than the single zit song though <laughs> yeah uh, um, yeah but I, I, it was bad bright eyes oof yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Oof, indeed. Period. <laughs> that tracks for the... I just listened to Bright Eyes, like, last week and cried, so... Yeah. Don't talk to me about that. I'm not, <laughs> I like Bright Eyes. I do not like Frank trying to ape Bright Eyes. <laughs> okay, that's entirely fair. <laughs> Though I could do... I could do a pretty good White Stripes, like, medley. Okay. So... Alright. Um, but anyway... Yeah. I'm now also reliving my glory days. Yeah, you see, it's so intoxicating. As as uh, we as uh, we continue through this plot, because um, the next scene we have Sydney, who's Joey's current girlfriend, is admiring the the spread for the night because Joey has music playing and candles lit as he's cooking. Yes. I have a question about this scene. Please. Okay, the windows behind them, it is daytime. It is daytime and he's lighting candles in yes. the kitchen. Yes. I'm confused. I feel like Joey has a very peanut brain, especially when it comes uh, okay. to intimacy. And he's like, oh, how? So he's just like, candle. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, how can I be romantic? And it's like, I can cook. I can light candles. I can play the tunes. Though, to be fair, this is also Ashley's, like, romance, like, uh, romance tactic where she plays a song for her then boyfriend oh, making yeah. uncomfortable eye contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that, that was the last episode I was on. Yeah, but she had like Candle budget on the grassy. <laughs> <laughs> Buy less candles. No. Um sorry. Um but uh I mean Ashley that comes from a place of darkness. Joey's comes from a place of Darkness. romance. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, 
He's trying though, and like Sydney's into it, and that's the thing. It's like regardless. Yeah, like regardless of how we feel about it, Sydney is clearly okay with this. Exactly. So like we've we've been over this before. The men in Degrassi do not set that bar very high. No, no, not at all. And like all he has to do is he's cooking. Yeah. But, like, all he also has to do is just, like, you know, I I took in a teenager who, um, you know, you know, doesn't have a dad anymore. I raise a girl, little girl, all by myself. And, like, that's enough, probably, <laughs> for, for somebody to be like, mm, this guy's probably okay. <laughs> even by Degrassi standards, like, that's, like, or even outside of Degrassi standards, that's, like, pretty, you know, pretty okay. That's deep. That's yeah. Even if he lights the candles. At 4 p.m. Yeah, like, it's a compromise. But but here's the thing. This is also the beginning of the school year, so it's probably still getting light out. Yeah, exactly. Like, it could be okay. six so or seven. Like seven. Yeah, you know, he, he's, you know. And, and we've also already said Joey's kind of an older dude, so, you know, like, clock's ticking, but gotta be in bed by, like, ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it works for Sydney. They kiss passionately, and then Craig's band, like, kicks in automatically. Um, and as soon as that music kicks in, Joey kind of pulls away, and he's like, oh, like, let's go pop in. Like, let's go see them. Um, Focus. Focus on what's happening here. Jo- right. Joey, I have so little game, and even I know. I'm like, yeah, they're going to be busy for a while. What's up? <laughs> You've got time. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. Once you hear the music stop, you're like, okay, that's when we move this party somewhere else. Right. Like, in theory, that's how it's supposed to be. But, you know. It calls to him. It does. It summons him. Um, but he goes out into the garage and he checks out the band. So the band lineup is as follows. So your lead, your front man slash lead guitarist, I assume, is Craig. On the drums, we have Spinner. On some guitar, we have Marco. And on another guitar, we have Jimmy. I think um, Marco's playing the bass. I thought he was, but then Joey said three guitars, and I was like, did I just miss something? Uh, Let me look at the picture. But I've always, I'm pretty certain he, in future episodes, plays the bass. Is it supposed to be that Joey literally doesn't know the difference between a bass and a guitar? Because he also asks for something in the key of H. And he doesn't so know. Yeah, he doesn't right. know shit is about key. Is like a joke that he is completely ignorant? I don't know. I don't know, but I was pretty certain Marco was playing the bass too, but then I took Joey's word for it, which is not a good move. Well, I'm, I'm looking at it. It looks pretty bassy. It's probably a bass because I know Marco plays the bass consistently after this point. Um... So, so he's playing bass. On bass, we have Marco, and Jimmy, I guess, is rhythm guitar. Um, and they're, like, trying to play, and Spinner is just kind of all over the place with the beat. Um, Craig is, like, you can tell, like, Craig knows how a guitar works, but the musicality across the board is just... It's rough, because it's a garage band, and this is what happens when, like sophomores in high school try to form a band together this is this is what happens um i would like to point out that we have forgotten to talk about the fact that joey is wearing striped pants oh my god (laughs) oh like i'm not 
also a fashion forward type person, but if I came over and you know, the dude was wearing striped pants, like <laughs> we done. Really? <laughs> that can work but it's a strong statement and if you don't know how to coordinate it it's a bad joey does not know how okay no no he absolutely doesn't because he's wearing like a weird polo i feel a little called out because i wear striped pants sometimes okay but like <laughs> you also don't dress like joey <laughs> give me a couple years yeah <laughs> i i mean if it was like pinstripes for me that'd be fine like I'm not trying to call out anybody personally, but, like, I don't know. No, I, I understand. I understand. Joey, Joey. <laughs> I, I think, okay, so, okay, so let me put, yes. so let me put it this way. Um, that would be, like, strike number one. Strike number two and three would be, like, let's go hang out with some teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A romantic dinner to go into the garage with my teen. <laughs> how do you do it's uh, yeah no but like they're just like it's just rough and the kids are clearly just screwing around and they're not particularly like pissed off at each other for not knowing what the fuck that they're doing but they're still just figuring shit out because that's what it's like when you're trying to make a band happen like this stuff doesn't happen overnight as far as we can tell they're still very early in their music you know their music timeline and all is okay. Um, Ashley and Angie are just kind of sitting on a couch on one end, which is really funny. Can I also say, um, this garage is carpeted. It's really fucking nice. It's like shag carpeted. It's very weird. Yeah, it's like, it's intriguing. I always really, when I was a kid, I always really wanted a space like that. Like, whenever I watched it, I always wanted something... Like, you know, one of those, like, somewhat livable garage spaces where I could just, like, do creative stuff. I was always very jealous. I mean, I want that now. Yeah, right. I kind of, I, I kind of turned my basement into that. Mm. I haven't been to your basement since. Yeah, you haven't been to my house in a while. I know. Um, let's rectify that. I want to make dinner for you and go in. That's <laughs> so sweet. What the fuck? Thanks, dude. <laughs> That's so sweet. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, no, like, because, um, like, one area is, like, my workout area. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, like, one of the main things I wanted to have as I rented. I was like, this basement could be my fun time activity area. <laughs> so, like, one uh, area is, like, for, like, my boxing, my, my punching bag. The other mm-hmm. one I turned into, like, one of my housemates has a uh, sewing machine, so I turned that into, like, the sewing cosplay corner. And the other, and that's also where my guitar is. So nice. Speaking of guitars, um, and I don't mean to take this a bit dark, but the guitar I'm looking at it that um, Craig is rocking. I'm pretty sure is a Gibson because I I remember noting that from the theme song. I'm kind of wondering if this is another like overcompensating present from his actual father. I yeah. Because, yeah. I don't know if it's an actual detail they put purposefully into the show, but the fact that Spinner is playing Yamaha brand drums, mm-hmm. like, also kind of, like, you know, points that out to me. Yeah. So. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, because I feel like 
they didn't really angle Craig as the musician type, like, explicitly last season, but it seems like a very natural progression to me re-watching season two and going into season three that he would be. I mean, it's definitely very, like, interested in music. Yeah, so yeah. That, um, like, Clash get-up. Exactly, exactly. Like, he definitely has an investment in music in some way. They didn't quite confirm if he could actually make the music, but, you know, it seems like they're they're gunning for that angle in this third season. But it's a very, it's, it's a logical progression to me. Um, and I also want to give credit to Ashley's actor, the actor for Ashley of perfecting the I'm the bored girlfriend in this moment face. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's really good. She's just like, ah! Like, here I am, oh, hanging out with a child. Great. Oh, Keep and going. and so is Sydney's actress. Oh, yeah, no, it's... <laughs> everyone, there's, like, these very good kind of nonverbal looks during this scene that really... From from yeah. all of the, the girls and women in the scene. <laughs> the girls are suffering. They're, they're really suffering. Yeah, it really sums it up, like, what what is happening there um, and the strain that is happening because of it. Um... But, yeah, so they're they're trying to take it all in. Joey is just super psyched. Um, He's just so excited. He's just happy to be there. Um, No, he's not, because he tries to take over. Um, So he critiques the layout of the band. This is where I got confused, because he said, oh, you have, like, three guitars. Um, Regardless, he recommends a keyboard and whips out his own keyboard. And, you know, he's basically, I mean, he's... We keep saying midlife crisis. I feel like it's really wrapped up in this moment where he's so excited, yeah. he inserts himself into the band. Um, and when Jimmy, Jimmy asks, like, okay, what key is it in? Which, which is, which is nice to see. Like, okay, Jimmy knows how to read and understand music. Give it a shot too. He's like, okay, what do you want? Yeah, like, and I feel like it's it's it makes sense in a way too because Jimmy is. I mean the. Craig's relationship with Joey is not going to be quite as rigid of a paternal dynamic given the fact that Joey has only just started taking care of Craig in many ways. And because of that, he's also going to be significantly younger than a lot of the other kids' parents. So I like that there's going to be more of a flu, like a flexibility with Joey. Like they're going to be like, oh, okay, let's hear him out type of deal because he is just not coming from the same perspective that their parents are. And I'm sure they can read that. And I'm sure Joey's also trying not to be as rigid as well, which we, we have seen him act like a parent in many ways, but... It's it's obvious there are ways that there's still this aspect of him that wants desperately to still be young. Um, so he, so they are like, okay, well, what key is it? And, and Joey's just like, I don't, I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> and he's like, just just figure it out. It's fine. And jumps into playing the zit song, and Craig is just kind of in the back, craving death. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good uh, verbal acting right there. I can see it in his eyes. I love that actor. I love him. He's such a good boy. He's like a really good actor to me, especially like of all the kid actors. Like there's just these moments where he just sells it. Was it? He's very emotive. 
Yes. Was it here or was I at home when I was trying? I've, I remember talking to somebody over the last week about um, Jake Epstein. And I remember furiously trying to find out if he's on the Canadian version of Tiger Beat. Oh, no, I was not there for that. But did you ever find out? No, he didn't seem like he was. But, like, I think I, I just... I'm sorry? He should be. He looks primed for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I eventually did find pictures of, like, current Jake Epstein, and I just remember looking at my phone and just saying half to my friends and half to myself, yo, you can get still get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like he's still, like, the last pictures I had seen of him are, are still, like, I feel like, a, I'm gonna look it up. He look was in Spider-Man right Turn on the Dark. Yeah, he was! <laughs> and he no, survived, thank no, God. No, he, he has, like, a legit theater career. Like, I I am not joking when I say that. Like, he has a legitimate career, and, you know, he's still doing stuff. Like, I, I understand, once again, and, like, I talked about this on an episode. Yeah, he's still really cute. I'm looking at him right now, and he is still very cute. Um, but, I mean, I think I think it goes back to with, with, with when we talk about success and what success looks like and stuff like that. I feel like his career has really not been talked about at all within the context of the Grassy cast because it's not as visible as Drake's career. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like the fact that he's getting consistent theater work and has yeah. been pivotal in some early productions like American Idiot and uh, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark and stuff like that. Like that's not nothing. So yeah. good for him. I don't know. I'm fond of him. Whatever. Yeah, no. I'm I'm I think we're all all part of the Jake Epstein fan club. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I think he's definitely one of the best of the talent actor 100%. Oh yeah, for sure. Like just very very good and and handling some like a wide range of stuff as well. Oh, and I did actually uh, speaking of we're talking about music, I did have a um idea for our third season break. Yes. Um reviewing whoever put out an album from Degrassi. Oh, boy. I'm pretty sure that's at least Cassandra Steele. Cassandra Steele definitely Hazel, released a pop Hazel's album. Andrews. Oh, my God. All of it. Oh, that's a, I feel like there's a, deceptively a lot of albums if we actually deep-dived into that. Yeah, but I mean, we've done, like, a Lifetime movie. We've done a book. Why not music now? That's true. That's that's the next realm. So. so yeah, right? Nice. Thank you for your support. I feel like we should have just watched She's Too Young with every guest we had and just that episode was within three hours of just screaming and occasionally you pick out something. <laughs> yeah, no, that would have been utter chaos. <laughs> Oh, we didn't uh, we didn't do that. Let's let's uh let's keep going, everybody. Uh anyway, so the next time we see this plot, and this is once again this really weird thing about this season or rather something I remembered about Degrassi but really didn't get introduced until this season is how much of these like how many of these plots center on and feature the adults to a point that there are scenes that there are no none of the kids in them. Yeah. Because the next scene that we see, it's Joey visiting Caitlin at the radio, radio station she works at. Yeah. And um, he, or maybe, I don't know, whatever. He's at the station she works at um, and says that he wants to borrow the video camera that she had at uh, Spike's baby shower 
to film Craig's band. Um, Does she just a character from the previous Degrassi? Like, yes. What is it? Yeah. Are they just friends? I don't know. Oh, Eric. Oh, I could. I don't know. There's, there's so they have so much history, and okay. like, it's. I will tell you off air because I don't want to spoil all of it to Frank. The the okay. ballad of Joey and Caitlin, because they have a lot of history. Um, as of right now, they're just May friends. But fashion check on Caitlin. Um, yes, I, I through this episode, there are a lot of things that just like scream early two thousands for me, and one of them was a suede blazer. <laughs> yeah, which she is wearing. That's correct. That's one hundred percent correct. DVD tape. I mean, new DVD tape is about as two thousand two as you can get. Yeah, it's true. This this really like this this reveled in the time period it was coming from. Yes. This is a time capsule. I would show this to somebody if I wanted them to know exactly what life was like when I was in school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm actually. I think I'm the same. Because this is 2002, right? This episode. Uh, this is 2003 or 4 we're beginning to get to. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe 2003. Yeah, so that's when I was, I graduated high school in 2006, so I'm basically the same age as everybody. Yeah, yeah. So this was, this was real time for me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's getting to that time where I'm aging with the characters as well when I was watching yeah. it, so it's a lot of like, oh, I own that, or oh, I remember somebody next to me owning that, like, <laughs> uh. Frank was turning 17 and super depressed. <laughs> I mean, nice. I was turning however old I was at the time and super depressed, so, <laughs> you know, it's just the way it is. Um, but Joey, in this time period, is reflecting on how great it was to jam in a band again, and Caitlin tries to gently remind him he's a grown-ass man. <laughs> I tried to gently remind him that they had one song. Yes! And, like, that's the thing that kills me about this is, like, I understand, I understand, I understand, like, I'm sure, you know, like, I, I, I too remember the time that I was in a band for a hot second, but, like, the way that Joey talks about it, you would have thought that, like, the band existed at least throughout high school. <laughs> yeah, you would have thought that, like, they, they had some big shot and they, like, take it. I don't know, they were in Battle of the Bands and somebody got sick. Like, he's making it seem like this big, tragic thing that they didn't make it. Yeah, like, I want, like, a Love Live-esque conflict yeah. where, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, ha he was gonna perform, but he sprained his wrist last second. And... I need third-year drama, come on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, he played keyboards. As long as you just Duran Duran it, like, you'll be fine. <laughs> But, uh, like, just the two fingers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, he, 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 like, tries to rationalize it, like, oh, yeah, you know, like, our band could have done more if we had guidance. Hence, I want to guide Craig. And that's how he's trying to rationalize this in the peanut brain of Joey Jeremiah as, like, a way for him to want to be so damn invested in this whole thing. And Caitlin, in, in a moment of grace, which she doesn't always have, goes, Joey, remember that they're teenagers. Which was, once again, a moment of clarity from Caitlin that I appreciated. Yeah, it's just, like, he's like, everybody bought, like, I just, I had a van on my lot. They don't have a name, but 
I just chose a name for them. <laughs> I already, I already uh, spray painted the sides with a unicorn and a waterfall. <laughs> I might put a tiger on the other side. I haven't felt it out yet. Wizard, it's a wizard. That's true. It needs to be a wizard. There could be a wizard with the tiger. Uh, <laughs> but um. You know, Caitlin's trying really hard to rein Joey in because she knows him enough to know that he's going to hyper-focus on this for a while. Oh. Um, and so we transition to Joey filming. And he's filmed, and so, like, we kind of see it within the camera shot, him filming the band. And we see Craig as it's, you know, him recognizing that the camera's rolling and stuff like that and becoming increasingly more uncomfortable with the attention that the camera is kind of putting upon him. Um, and as he's pulling away and trying to avoid this, uh, Joey starts taking the time to suggest stuff um, and says, like, imagine the camera, it's your audience. Like, you know, you should be looking at it more and paying attention to it more. I should be looking up at my audience? <laughs> yeah, like, it's just... <laughs> Yeah, so he's, like, You're trying. What? You're playing in the pit. You're an orchestra now. <laughs> yeah, like, he's just, like, trying to control, and he's like, you know, you know, maybe you should start with covers. You know, Craig, you could do a sweet cover of Faith from George Michael. And, like, you know, all the other boys kind of snirk at that one. <laughs> Come on, Marco. I'm counting on you. Right? Like... Where was Marco being like, oh, I don't know, I mean, George Michael's kind of good, don't you think? Jo kind of sexy, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know, he just looks really interesting, doesn't he? <laughs> look, look, I, I think we're all kind of fed up with Joey, like, I don't think he has that many good ideas. He knows to play in the key of H, but I was like, you guys should cover Faith, but I say hear him out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord says, judge not lest you be judged. <laughs> the thing is, is like I'm imagining this in Marco's voice, and like it's killing me. <laughs> also, can I just say I love selection of bandana. Yes. <laughs> okay, my like, did he just was he just like Stevie Van Zant? That's my style icon when I'm in this band. <laughs> yup. Feeling it. Uh, he's got he's got to figure things out. You know how it goes. You know you gotta yeah, try you some. Gotta do the, you gotta look like a bad gay fashion before you can look like a good gay fashion. Yeah, look, you gotta you know we we work on a very delayed timeline us LGBTQ community. So like you know we got we gotta try and shove in some weird looks before we really hit our stride. It's just the way it is. He should be th grateful that he's starting now and not starting you know in college or after college. <laughs> So, whatever. But um, as they're kind of discussing this, and and like, you know they're they're snarking at the George Michael cover talents. Joey gets a phone call and walks off. Um, he puts the camera down, and the boys, you know, it's recording. They try to make it really dramatic, but you can kind of see it coming if you've watched any of these types of storylines. Um, the boys start kind of laughing about Joey and calling him pathetic, and um. Which is, like, you know, pretty oof. Um, way to get, like, owned by a bunch of 15-year-olds, like. 
Oof. Um, but they chat about it as the camera is running, and they're totally unaware that, you know, Joey now has access to these insensitive things that they're saying. Yeah. Um. Trying to remember, like, what happens after that. Don't worry. That's why I take notes. Yeah, because, like, this, this, like, B-plot was so embarrassing, and my brain just kept purposely rejecting it. Like, no. Yeah, well, it's, we'll talk more about, I want to talk more about this toward the end, because, um, Joey, for all intents and purposes, is more in our age bracket than not. Yes. Like, made me feel old, he, yeah. he is, I think, he is in our age bracket. Like, give or take a couple years between all of us. Okay. So, let's unpack that at the end, because that is a very interesting thing. That it's depressing. Uh, it's depressing, but not in a way that, I don't know, I, I have very, let, we'll get to it. That's what I'm getting okay. at. So, right. Joey, so, next scene, Joey's at, the tape. yes, he's playing the tape at home, um, and as he's kind of playing it, he's telling, you know, he's trying to give feedback to Craig, Craig's not really paying attention, and Joey gets to the part where the conversation's happening, they replay the conversation where they call him pathetic, and Joey is super hurt, while um, Craig is just kind of like, and tries to, like, leave. <laughs> like, I don't blame him. Like we all would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It, that's a way to have egg on your face and just, you know, you just want to fucking evaporate. Yeah. Like, I don't blame him for, for acting like that, especially at his age. Like, I, I, I don't really expect a kid. What? I'm surprised you didn't like, grab it away from him before all that happened. You knew yeah. what was coming. Well, like, I guess he just really did not realize it was still recording. Yeah. But, um, the next scene, the last scene that we have, Craig kind of ambles over toward Joey, um, and he's, like, coming back from, from stuff. Joey's like, oh, like, where were you? Blah, blah, blah. He reveals that he was rehearsing at Marco's, so he was rehearsing in his basement. Um, Joey apologizes, um, and talks about the band, and then, like, goes really hard about, like, the nightmare of aging. <laughs> it's incredibly dark. I feel you, buddy. I feel you. Well, like, it's, yeah. it's, like, I understand what he's trying to get at. Like, how his life has, like, you know, changed so much, and now he has all these responsibilities and things like that. And, like, to be fair to Joey, for all of my gripes with Joey... His life has been kind of difficult in the sense that, like, he found love, she died. He now is a single parent. He now has acquired a teenager. He is trying to deal with adjusting to that. He runs his own business. He has to try and do that on top of being a single parent. It's true. It, it's not the easiest. But, I don't know. I feel like it's also one of those things where it's kind of like the millennial in me is kind of like, Dude, I wish that was, like, my fucking issue. My issue is that my life is stable in a way that, like, feels very, like, almost too stable. Like, I wish that was my issue. I'm, like, scrambling, dude. I wish I could start a family anytime soon, but that ain't happening. Like. Yeah. 
Um, is this what we're going to talk about? The fear of growing old? Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's let it rip. I mean, I... Like, I turned 33 years ago. Like, I'm closer to 40. Uh, I'm sorry, Eric, if you don't... I, I, I hesitate to ask people's ages these days, but like... I am 30. I will be 31 in March. From, almost 31. Okay, because I remember the day I turned 30, and I know, like, a lot of people get upset and agitated by that, and I was just like, eh, I don't care. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the thing is... What's the old saying? Man plans, God laughs, and all that jazz. I just... I decided because I don't know when the punches are going to come, I should just roll with them. Yeah. Like, there's no point in worrying about what the future's going to hold. I mean, like, not to the point where you're just like, I'm going to just blow all my money on video games. Uh-oh, rent? <laughs> but, like, you do the best with the information you have at the time. And you think about what you want in the future and, you know, go for it. Like. I think it is hard when you're in a creative field growing older because it is such a young person's game. Yeah. Um, And if there are opportunities you don't take as a young person, you kind of can't as an older person a lot of times. Like, I can't stop my whole life and do an unpaid internship right now. Yeah. But a lot of 21-year-olds. So, in, in a way, I understand his sadness, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that art, like, like, I feel like when it comes to theater, when it comes to visual art, when it comes to, like, um, you know, the visual and performing arts for the most part, like, that is a young person's game. It's characterized as a young person's game. And I think also, and Frank, like, I think I also come from this perspective, too. Like, as both of us are writers, writers are usually celebrated the older they get. And a lot of major writers don't get their first publishing deals until they're about 35 yeah, and things sure. like that. So you can still be like, I'm just starting. Exactly. Like, you could still look at it with a little bit more optimism than, than, than most of the arts. Because in our case, like, writers usually get better with time and they are the ones... Like, you know, you may have a couple, like, Wonder Kids come in that get published pretty early, but... A lot of people would argue that's not their best work in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, you know, my 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 publishing career only really started picking up about a year or two ago. Unlike, you know, meanwhile, like other folks who are in not in the writing world are, you know, feel feel very restless and anxious and all that type of stuff. Yeah, I guess like because for me, I guess the reason I can be hopeful also is that like my. You know, I started podcasting two years ago, Mm. like, you know, and Teen Girl Talk is starting to pick up speed here and there, and, like, I'm not focused on my visual, my, like, the visual aspect of myself, like, I don't want to be a touring musician, like, I like making music, but I like making music for me, like, and I think, and I think that's kind of the thing that, like... You know, I also don't have a fear about, like, because that's not, like, you know, I don't even think, like, or why, I, part of me is just kind of embarrassed by Jimmy, or just Joey. Yeah. What is, like, embarrassing about Joey, because I'm just like, Joey, just, like, learn how to play your keyboard better, and, like, 
I'm sure Degrassi near whatever city it's near Toronto. Um, sorry, I'm not trying to shit on Toronto, but like I just forgot for a second. It's okay. Um, just like I'm sure they have open mic nights. You might not get famous for it, but you'll be doing something that you care about, and that's kind of also another reason why like making it doesn't really. Like, I just finished a manuscript. I'm going to be shopping around to agents. I hope I get somewhere. But if I don't, I'm so happy this thing exists because it's something I created. And that's... Sure. I mean, there's a lot to be said for, like, personal satisfaction in creation. Yeah. Because um, I'm never going to be famous with what I do, and that's okay. But I get a lot of satisfaction. But yeah. I, under- I also understand that feeling that time is running out. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I don't feel that like, and maybe it's because I understand. I make I make costumes that I have to put on myself. Okay, and walk around in. So my it's very well. And but here's my thing: is like I like um I, like I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm I'm sorry. This is just me not knowing that much about you. But like, do you cosplay, or is it just like doing? Is that what you do professionally? It's not what I do professionally, but I do, I do make money off of it as well. I do, do commission work and things like that. Okay. Um, I mean, I would love to do it professionally, but that's incredibly difficult. Um, but yeah, it's just, I understand his feeling that like you know my time is very limited or my time has run out because I do feel like there is in some ways you know that kind of it, it's much harder to do as an older. Yeah, for sure. Well, I was just thinking, like, when it comes to, like, cosplaying, one of my favorite cosplayers who I see at almost every convention is the Uncle Iroh cosplayer. Mm-hmm. He's so good. <laughs> so yeah. nice. This is a very East Coast, very specific thing, although I'm sure there's other ones outside of the East Coast who cosplay that. But, like, yeah, I, met, I saw him, like, one year, and then I saw him at a different con, and he's just like, yeah, you were the, like, super excited kid. I'm like, yeah, I was! <laughs> Aw, that's cute. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's interesting, kind of, Joey's thing. Like, Joey's... Especially now that, like, we are more toward or at his age. I mean, I guess it's interesting to me because it's, like, while I, I understand the time is running out element, it's also, like, one of those things where... It, it, it almost feels like where he's at is, like, a bygone era for his age. Like, his age bracket. It just feels yeah. like... I don't know very many people our age, I'll say our age, even though I'm the younger one of the set, who are at that position Joey's at right now. Being able to own a business, being able to own a home, oh, yeah. being able to have kids. Yeah, like for me, like, that's, I'm like, whew, somebody made it. Yeah, right? <laughs> and And that's what's very interesting because, yes, this show is older, but in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's really... not that old. No, it's not that old. It's not so old that somebody Joey's age should be like, ha ha, Joey, that's so funny that you're so, like, worried about stability. I mean, like, yeah. I guess for me, what makes, like makes me worry that I'm running out of time with is that, you know, I'm also single. I've been single since I was 21. I mean, I've dated here and there, but nothing kind of took. And part of the reason was I was just not in a position to do so. 
from 21 till I'd say about 30, I was, you know, I was knee deep in therapy because I needed to be like, I'm not trying to denigrate therapy. Therapy mm-hmm. has made me such a better person. But it's just like, if I dated anybody in that time period, it would have been a disaster. Yeah. Like, now I feel like I'm ready, and I, you know, part of me is just like, what if I don't meet anyone? What if I'm just, like, destined to be alone? But then I'm just like, no. <laughs> like, because... Yeah, gotta start lighting those daytime candles, man. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta start cooking in an I mean, I, like, uh-huh. I got a, um... I, I, I already do, um, on <laughs> oh, both <baby>. counts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> now I really... Straight pants, then. That's the only thing you need. I'm sorry? You wear yeah, straight pants. pants then. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about doing that stupid anime thing, like, wearing just the apron while cooking. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, that will, that will... Seal the deal. It makes them know you're serious about this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I I never want to say I'm running out of time because it's just like, what's the like? What's the point of despairing? Like when you can have hope. Yeah. Well, no, of course. Like that's the thing. It's like if you, you know, I understand having thought about it, but if you truly internalize it, you do end up kind of like Joey, where you're you're kind of inserting yourself into a narrative that you don't belong in. In this case, it's inserting yourself into a band that is just your your adopted son dicking around with, you know, with with his friends. Like, yeah, and I also feel like back then. Um... It would have been harder, because now, like, it doesn't happen as often, but I have heard about older people just kind of get into the game late, but they get into the game, and it's pretty good. Uh, Charles Manahan and um, and his band brought back, like, that very older, like, soul music. Mm-hmm. Um, LCD sound system, like, they didn't start until uh, the lead singer was, like, somewhere in his, like, late 30s. Yeah, like, I mean, these narratives do happen, but I think that Joey also has a lot more working against him, i.e. he doesn't know how music works. Yeah. So <laughs> he has written one song. I mean, Can't take Angie on tour. 15 years, he could have learned. It's true. He could have, you know, set himself up more for this. I guess that's kind of my, my, uh my thing about this that makes it so funny to me, as mean as it sounds. Like, he wrote one song when he was 17 or so, and I'm supposed to believe, like... Could have made it. Yeah. He's a one-hit wonder, but that hit that wasn't even a wonder or a hit. No. it. He was a one. Yeah. It was a... Yeah. I mean, regardless, you know, it is very depressing when you think about how his stresses are you know 15 late years later we're like huh well then um <laughs> anyway but um regardless he's able to reconcile reconcile the fact that you know he he was acting out of line and he tells craig you know marco's basement is not gonna have good acoustics the garage will have far better ones and you should be rehearsing there and the keyboard will be for away forever yes he promises or oh, until ashley needs it exactly so, yeah. He's got to learn boundaries. Yeah. Um, and that brings us into the A-plot. Ooh, so, oh, 
A plot, because I'm the only veteran here tonight. I do want to state that the A plot of this is in Degrassi, in Degrassi history, considered one of the more um, iconic episodes, I guess, for lack of better terms. It was already referenced by a veteran on our podcast. Um, it is just one of those episodes that was, like, considered super, like, going there at the time that it came out. Um... <laughs> So it was interesting watching it now and like having to look at it critically and not just me watching it passively when I was rewatching it a couple years ago. Um, so the episode plot opens up with a very aftermath of a very messy soccer game. I did not realize they were playing soccer and I had to rewatch it to figure it out. I was confused because it seemed to be like a sunny day and I was just like, hold up, like why is Spinner so filthy? I mean, that passes enough because it's like if it was like a gross night, that field, if it didn't have good drainage, was like going to be messy anyway. So like I could buy that much, but like everybody looked, it was like, they really emphasized how filthy everybody was to a point that I was like, uh, what's going on here? Is this a service project? No, they're wearing uniforms. It, it looked like the soccer team had just finished the Battle of the Bastards from Game of Thrones. Yeah, like it was just, it was just very whatever. Um, I'm also very confused. I didn't understand that the girls were cheerleaders. I was yes. like, wait, were they, is this like
It was really fucking funny. <laughs> the, only, the only way to get it to not do that is to not wash it. And I refuse to, like, go to the gym and then not wash my hair. Yeah, no, you're you're in a bind, my friend. I need to find some styling gel or something. Dry shampoo. Anyway. Um, um, but, yeah, so... <laughs> so, Manny is trying to get Sully's attention. Oh, attention. And it doesn't really work. Um... And she's talking to, so Paige and Spinner kind of materialize, and she's, like, talking about if they have, I don't know, I feel like when characters are introduced in these scenes, they just kind of appear. And <laughs> just like, here they are. Um, well, I mean, like we've said before, they're child actors, so it's like, go here, stand there, go. Yeah, right. <laughs> Say line. <laughs> right. Um, and Manny looks at Spinner and Paige, and she's like, you know, just wondering if, if she'd have a shot with him. Spinner is just stammering. Like, he's just like, uh, mm. and Paige just jumps in when she's like, well, hon, you're not really his type. I even know if she says hon. I just imagine it in my head if she does. Um, I feel like that's safe. Yes. It's so true with her. Um, she exudes, like, hon or sweetie or, oh, oh, no. Yeah, no, she 100% does. Um... And she, you know, Paige just tries to soften the blow by saying, like, hey, like, I know people who would be adorable with you, Manny. Um, and Manny responds violently to the word adorable, saying, like, you know, I don't want to be adorable. Like, puppies and kittens are adorable. Like, I don't want to be like that. Which I get. This was very relatable. Yeah. I mean, I've come to accept it, but for a long time as a very small person <laughs> with a very round face. There was a lot of, of adorable or cute, and I didn't appreciate it. Yeah, seeing as though I still get mislabeled as a teenager to college student for yeah. whatever reason, like, I, I I very rarely get labeled more than, like, you're cute, you're adorable, and things like that. Like, I don't really get very much, I don't really get the nice autonomous descriptors, so, like, as much as, like, I couldn't really relate to Manny how she handled being told this. Yeah, I, the reaction was very different. Yeah, I do relate to the the conflict that she has with not being seen, at, like, you know, feeling, feeling infantilized. In her case, she is a baby, but, like, I understand, you know, wanting to not be considered that. So I did feel for her in that moment. Okay, I'm looking back on that Degrassi transcript. Um, so, I, so yeah. I, I've seen. She does say "hun." Yeah. Okay. I wasn't just imagining it. It was. She says it. Hun, if you don't want to be cute, don't be. Just change your Im image. Simple as that. Yeah. So that's what she does, and it's like really funny because, like, like, I love how matter of fact Paige is with this type of shit, and like, you know, is that necessarily realistic or feasible? Not really, no, no. but I do appreciate that she's just like, well, if you don't like it, just fucking do something about it. Like, why whatever, aren't you going? What? She's also just like, yeah, whatever, bye. Yeah, yeah, like, which I do appreciate too because, you know, Manny is the underclassman in this and, and you know, Paige now being a sophomore in high school is going to hand hang on to any power dynamics that she can so it makes sense that she's just kind of like, why don't you just take care of this? Okay, farewell. But my thing is with, like, Paige, it's a very Paige answer in that it's just like, well, then seize your moment. It's true. Like like we said before, Paige wants women to be empowered. And she's like, 
if you don't like this thing, then change it. Like Yeah. Well, it also kind of speaks to Paige Paige is an interesting character because I feel like though it's not super explicit her privilege, I feel like in many ways she kind of embodies this very specific type of white woman privilege, which is very just like, well, if you don't like it, then do something about it without actually <laughs> thinking about the systems in place that would prevent a person from doing it. Obviously, this is a very low scale example of it, but I feel like in the process of Paige being uh, uh, an individual trying to empower women, I don't really see her as able to process other people's perspective in the process, in the, in the whole entire process. So it's also like very in line with her in the sense of like, well, why don't you just do something? It's so easy. It's like very much like <laughs> so removed that she's just like, well, fuck it. Yeah. yeah you don't. <laughs> for, for some reason, the example I keep thinking of is like Paige is able to punch Nazis because, like, every time I've been seeing Nazis getting punched on the news, it's always a white person. Well, yeah, like, she has the position of privilege where she can, like, she can push against structures without, with, while coming unscathed. Yeah. Like, and I don't even mean this, like, you know, I know that people are probably like, well, like, Paige has been through stuff. That's true. She has. But that doesn't absolve the fact that she comes from a very privileged place. Like, she can be a survivor of hard shit but also still be an incredibly privileged person. Yeah. Those two things can coexist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and of course Manny's like, oh, and that kind of like, you know, light, little light bulb goes off. Oh man, how much, though, how much, like, I did enjoy this episode for the most part, but how much better this episode if she's just like, you know what, I want to be tough. Oh, that would be, be great. be real tough. Yeah, but like then... Yeah, I wanted to see a motorcycle jacket or something. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to see her like trying to hang out with like Ellie and Ashley. And she's just like, let's just like punch people out. And they're like, whoa, dude, what? Like, <laughs> we never do that. <laughs> like, yeah, like I would have been, that would have been a very, very different episode. <laughs> it's just like that episode of Powerpuff Girls where Bubbles gets hardcore. Yeah, like... <laughs> Like, yeah, no, like, that's what it would be like. It would be a very, very different vibe. But, um, so, you know, we have the opening, we come back. Emma is talking about how she wants to start up an environmental club and some of the goals that she has for the year with her environmental club and everything. And Manny's wearing, like, this very oversized jacket, which is... I love this. Let's just yeah. leave the house. Oh yeah, um, Manny, Manny is like, you know, Manny's just like, oh, like, my only goal is to be hot, and like, unzips and reveals this outfit, which, please, Eric, I want to give you, give you the, the, the spotlight on this one. The floor is yours. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it is a, like, seafoam green terry cloth tube top with matching flare leg to terry cloth um they're not like sweatpants they're like lounge pants i yeah. guess and white platformy sneakers and it is very bad yeah man you know what i hated flared lounge pants yeah that was a miserable also, tube tops didn't look good on anyone no no, they really didn't. Still don't. No. So this, this is just a this is just a nightmare of an outfit. Also, so I don't know about you guys, but the dress code in my school, you would have immediately been. I mean, oh boy, dress code politics. 
Um, sorry, just there's I mean, a lot. I don't agree with them. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no, I'm, I'm just like laughing because, like, yep, this is gonna be a while because all of us do not feel like that. No, I mean, with I'm trying to think of like my school. I remember we had to have straps that were at least one inch wide. Yes, yes. So we couldn't have anything spaghetti strapped or strapless. So at my school, I'm pretty sure, like, if you had a strap, you probably could have gotten away with it. But if it was a tube top, you probably would have gotten in trouble. Um, for sure. So it was kind of like that weird divide where it's like there was a dress code, but they seemed to be more... My school seemed to be more concerned about... Because around that time... There was the trend of the flip flops with the tiny heels. And oh yes. Yeah. yeah so they were a little more concerned with that because so many kids were tripping and falling and getting injured. So they were a little more invested in the footwear aspect of the dress code. I think uh, because I grew up in like a beach area, um, everybody wore flip flops all the time. Yeah, so that would make they sense. Did not care about that. Yeah, it's just I I lived in not not a beachy area so i think that was more more of a thing that they could control people just went from flip-flops to uggs and like that was <laughs> yeah good right so good two options um but then you combine them to the flug uggs oh have you seen them what they're real no. You think you just made something up. I've still choose for 10 years, and I can tell you those are real. They Ugg made flip-flops where the footbed was fleeced, was cheerling, and then it had little, like, leather straps on the upper. It was horrible. I don't know what they're for. I don't know when you wear them. Yeah, like, wouldn't your feet just get sweaty? I hate yes. this. Ooh. You have to just use them as slippers. I mean, I'm, never... I'm going to send Donnie a picture, though. I'm going to find it and send Donnie a picture. Oh, I will wait with bated breath. Um, So, yeah, they reveal the, you know, she does the whole outfit reveal. And she says directly to Emma, like, oh, yeah. Also, like, my other favorite detail of this is that she has a huge-ass scrunchie in the back, like, pulling her hair back, (laughs) which is so good. Makes me very nostalgic for, like, that time period where, where like, it was like, I need to pull my hair back. What am I going to use? Oh, here's my mom's scrunchie. Okay. <laughs> like, kind of <laughs> shove it in. Makes me nostalgic to last year when I watched All the Boys That Loved Before where scrunchie featured heavily in the plot. Nice. Um, and she she tells Emma, there's no way I'm getting jump- dumped for looking too young. It's her big statement. That wasn't the problem. That wasn't the problem, Manny. That wasn't the problem at all. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. She, didn't look, she didn't look young. She was acting childish. Yeah, and but I do understand why she conflates the two. And also, I wouldn't be surprised if a kid like her was getting the cute treatment, the adorable treatment, outside of what we've seen. Like, I do, I do feel for that struggle and can believe it's a struggle that's happened outside of what we've seen of the show. So, I I understand why she was the kid that was going to get this plot. Um, So, she walks along along the schoolyard wearing her new outfit. Um, You know, some sweet R&B kicks in. Um, 
And as she's walking, we see JT skateboarding and finding himself entirely distracted by her to a point that he plows into a car and Manny just smiles and walks off. <laughs> and then she's like, now you're the one who is beefing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. The tower now. The tables oh my turned. god. Eric, these are uglier than I thought they would be. No. Oh, uh, yeah. Sent Tommy a picture. Oh, wow. These ugh. Oh, my God. They're really hideous. Well, like, the thing is, is, like, the top piece of them. Sorry, going back to these ugh flip-flops. Flug uggs. Flug uggs. Um, so, like, in Flug my, flops. In, uh, in my head, I was imagining, like, like you said, a leather strap. Like, you know, leather straps that look a little They're more. actually plastic. Yeah. I did. Yeah. These... There was leather ones at one point. Yeah, like, the leather ones, I would be like, maybe, but, like, with this, the plastic, ooh, it's really ugly. I don't know why I got so irrationally angry at those that I was just, like, I wanted to excuse myself and be like, Donnie, I'm not going to do this in your apartment. I'm going to go outside and quick go Super Saiyan. It was like, they're just... <laughs> so angry at those things. Yeah, they're not cute. Um, Sorry, I know you thought you were making a joke, but you were wrong. <laughs> no, no, please. This is why we have guests so that they humble, uh, keep us humble, and uh, teach us new perspectives, like this. Um, so, so what, this begins a rather several or several long series of Manny just walking places, and men being having visceral, like you know, like very. Reactions. Yeah. They might as well be wolf whistling. Like, it's so cartoonish. Yeah, it's really cartoonish, but also, I don't, I don't know. There's this weird aspect of this episode where it is very exaggerated. Almost comically so, but at the same time, I understand why they probably went for this more comical type of take on it. And, you know, it still feels gross. Like, even though it goes for comedy, it's still nasty. Yes, yes. And it, and it, it is also is trying to show, or at least characters are trying to make it clear to her that, like, maybe this isn't the best thing to do, and maybe this attention isn't necessarily great. So it's a weird... This episode's weird. We gotta, we gotta keep picking, pulling it apart, really. Yeah, it's just... It, it's... I don't know, like, I'm just, like, I'm stuck between it, because it's like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not really that stuck between it, because it's like, she can just do what the, what the fuck she wants, like, and just, but I mean, like, I'm happy they're rather playing it for laughs than playing it the other direction, which would be like, hey, isn't this girl, like, attractive? Because I'm like, because, yeah. like, I'm just sitting here, like, that is a child, yeah, like that yeah. is that is. I would much. say I don't appreciate some of the scenes coming up. Keeping in mind, this is definitely it's supposed to be a child. Yeah. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, so the next time we see this plot, Manny and JT are in class, and they're in Hasselako's science class. There's a video playing. Um, JT is kind of staring at her, then apologizing for like looking at her. Dot dot dot. Um. He. Wants to see what she's doing, and she's just doodling. Yeah, he, and like, kind of covers whatever he's means, and, like, oh, let me look at your doodles. <laughs> like, this was kind of smooth. Like, I gave Yeah, yeah. Like, I, he was trying to 
You're like, this is, yeah, no, I was just like, this is a cute, good flirt. Yeah, no, honestly, <laughs> JT has been making some strides, and even though he's obviously, like, you know, very much into Manny's new look, like, the way that he's going about it is not the worst. Yeah. No. I mean, the last time I saw him, he was buying, like, 60 condoms, so <laughs> I was surprised that this was sensitive. Yeah, a lot has happened, Eric. A lot has happened in terms of JT development since the last you left off. Um, but, like, you know, he starts trying to be like, oh, well, this is what this means, this is what that means. And Mrs. Hasselakis is like, JT, pay attention. And he's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. And, uh, you know, Manny's super flattered um, by it. And then we have a transition scene of a girl on a Razor scooter. And I really wanted everyone uh, to yeah. know this. This was my, like, 2003 moment again. I yes. pointed out all these things that were uniquely 2003 and the Razor Scooter made the list. It was so good. I really wanted to make sure that we gave gave a moment to the girl riding the Razor Scooter. I, one of my first memories of being in college, uh, being Rutgers New Brunswick, was um, I had just pledged Alpha Phi Omega, uh, my community service fraternity, and... Um, my big and I were driving down the street, and we saw this guy on a razor scooter. He's just chugging along, like, "Oh man, like look at that dude, just just going to town on that razor scooter." And like, then he just went into a great. We're both like, "Oh, <laughs> did we jinx him?" You might have, <laughs> but yeah. Um. So yeah. So then it's Emma and Manny. Um. Yeah, they're, like, t- reflecting on, like, the JT flirt thing. Okay, oh, we, we didn't, forgot to mention something about the last scene where Liberty shushes both of them. Yes, Liberty's, like, yeah. not having it. Liberty is the stick in the mud. But she, system. you know, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, like, she has a crush on JT, and it was uh, looking oh, pretty okay, promising. Yeah, and it was looking pretty promising at the end of last season, but it seems like nothing really materialized from it. L- Liberty's like, how am I going to be prime minister if I have to, like, not be able to listen to uh, a science lecture? Yeah, right? Like, would you let me take over the world? <laughs> Come on! These frogs could be important to that somehow. Um, <laughs> it just, like, pans over to, um... <laughs> pans over to Liberty's notebook and just says step one frog, step two question mark, step three Jurassic Park. Yes. <laughs> then step four uh, Jurassic World, step five Liberty World. <laughs> I love this. Yes. Um, so the next scene, Manny and Emma are reflecting on the JT flirting thing. Um, and Manny is like flattered by the attention and she also acknowledges that JT has grown a lot in the past while. Um, and she says, like, but no, like, uh, you know, that's still not enough for me. Like, I'm not really into JT that way. Hmm. Speaking of Question for you. Yes. She had a, a a matching hoodie to her tank top and sweatpant look in this scene, which she did not have before. Where did this come from? Huh. Well, I am... What's funny to me is that Manny is talking... We've heard this talk before. It's almost as if season one and two JT has said that. Interesting. Back when he was super shallow. Ah. And we've also heard Paige talk like this. 
Though, to be fair, Paige is not like, I'm not going to date this boy because he's not cute. I mean, I want to date this boy because he's popular. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, always need, on that hustle. I need social capital. Goodbye. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know where that hoodie, I don't know where he uh, acquired a hoodie quite like that. Hmm. <laughs> Did he stop by the Limited 2? I hope so. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the junior section at a local department store? We just don't know. Um, but she she also says, like, you know, even then, um, you know, th I think that look is still too tame. She's, like, kind of bundled up again to about to reveal her next, her next saucy outfit. Well, have we gone to the... Oh, no, they're at the mall, excuse me. Yeah, I, I jumped mall. ahead. Yeah. They're at the mall. Anyway, um, but she's like, you know, I still think that look was too tame. And then they're looking at an underwear stand, and she's like, this is perfect, and whips out a bejeweled blue thong. Yeah, baby. <sighs> and Manny's like, it's perfect. And Emma's like, why is this available here? <laughs> <laughs> this is pornographic. Yeah, I was like, I cannot. <laughs> like, it's just like, please, no. I'm, I'm now really obsessed with everybody's checklist for this year. Um... Um, where it's just, like, you know, Manny's just, like, to be hot. And, like, Emma's is just, like, Star Environmental Club. And then, like, 20 steps down, it's, like, Mama Onu for president. <laughs> yeah. It just, like, shows you the different different places ninth graders can possibly be. And then, like, five steps below that, it's just, like, Mama Onu battles liberty <laughs> for control. <laughs> Stop revealing how the series ends, Frank. <laughs> God damn it! Okay, so now if the series doesn't end with a series of people taking off various masks and Liberty fighting a fucking turtle, like I'm gonna be very disappointed. I'm sorry. You know, you sometimes you just spoil it, and that's just how it is. Um. Anyway, so Manny's like really enthusiastic about this thong so much so that the next shot we have is an ass shot of Manny with the blue thong in the hallway of a school. Yeah, isn't this also the moment where Emma like slings like you know flings one off her fingers? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's I don't know. It's interesting because like ninth grade in general is a fucking weird year. Like. If you have ever worked with specifically ninth graders, it is a very odd age, gr age group. Because it's like, and I mean this specifically that as in like, if you have worked with high schoolers, if you've only worked with 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, it doesn't count. Like if, it, even if you worked in middle school, it doesn't count. I mean specifically you have worked with ninth graders because they are developmentally like all over the place. There are kids like Emma who want nothing to do with sex and would rather just focus on animals and focus on, like, social justice. There are kids who are doing shit like Manny does. Like, they're just, like, it's so hard to quite, quite like, try and read the room because the room is, uh, like, the room is upside down. Um, so watching this tension play out between Manny and Emma is so real for that age group. And, and I feel like this was the grade for this plot to happen. Because if it was any older or any younger, it wouldn't quite work as effectively. And just so it goes without saying, I know it normally goes without saying, but if you are in that age group and you are listening to this, one, I apologize for the profanity, too. Yeah, right. Whatever you want to be, 
That's what you should be. Yeah, just... Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Although the thought of ninth graders listening to this is vaguely terrifying to me. <laughs> oh, my family listens to Teen Girl Talk, and that terrifies me. Oh my god, do they really? At like one family event, they're like, "Yeah, we've listened in a few episodes," and I'm just like, "No." Please don't tell me they've listened to this. I haven't. I haven't uh, brought this one up. Like they've most of them because it's the two Susie and me. Okay. So like. But yeah, um... <laughs> 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 anyway, children, if you do listen to us, it'll be okay. Do what you gotta do to survive. <laughs> no, we you don't, don't have to wear thongs anymore because high-waisted pants are in style. It's don't true. Now, it's true. Now that only about 20 minutes ago we were talking about the fear of getting old. Like, yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. It's fine. Anyway... Um, so, yeah, another long... Is, is she wear? She's wearing basically the same top. She's wearing a peasant oh, no, top. I have, oh, I have Eric, please. This top. Please. So, she's got... Okay, I've made the notes about this top. This is the most 90s top humanly possible. Um, because it is pastel blue. It has bell sleeves. A slit sleeve. It has princess seams. It laces up the front. Um, and then, of course, she has low-rise pants with a high-rise thong, which is one of the most mysterious moments of, like, pant underwear incompatibility. But it happened. Yeah. Is this where we can finally unload about how much I fucking hated low-rise jeans? Yeah. I hate yeah. them. Man, I... I I mean, I wore them, and I thought I liked them because of the time period, but looking back, it's like, that was very bad, and very bad for my body image. Yeah, same. Big same. It was like, but it was like literally all you could get, like. Yeah, no, there was no other option, unless you wore men's pants, which I ended up doing by, by I would say, like, my sophomore year, so maybe, like, right after this episode, that was the point in which I was just like, I am not having this, and I just started wearing men's clothes. Yeah, I was very lucky because I I was in I was in high school during the transition from flare jeans into skinny jeans, yeah. so I yeah that didn't happen until I got to college. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the I guess the the glory of uh, being a little younger because I I had suffered through flare jeans. It was awful. As soon as skinny jeans happened, I was like. Let me try these on and see what happens. Then I realized that I wouldn't be dragging them in the literal mud anymore. And I I lived in them ever since. Yeah. The hems of those pants got disgusting. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I, I knew I was wearing jeans meant for, yeah, like, I think I maybe did. I, I remember just, like, getting this pair of pants from... The thrift store where I bought most of my clothes back then. I had a lot more cardigans. I miss those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I remember like buying one, and like the guy was just like, "You know, these are women's pants, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, whatever, they fit." <laughs> um, that was very lots of you, like, <laughs> like I, I mean, it was the same place I brought bought my prom dress for the gender fuck prom in college. Nice. No, and when I say that, like, I remember it was, like, so, like, 
So cool for boys to wear girls' jeans back then. I mean, that, I feel like that was when the skinny pant came back, though. Like, yeah, that was, that was more the skinny pant. That's true. That's true. When they started to make it for men, boys would have to buy it from the women's section. It's true. That was way more that that uh, you know the the when Fallout Boy was <laughs> reign supreme. I mean, I was also like 180 pounds back then, so I could definitely fit in them. Mm-hmm. Like that was my day. That was the days of like running four miles, um, and then going out like, on a four mile walk after dinner. Yeah, so. but so you so you you think you had were they low rise? You think? I think so because I remember like was the zipper microscopic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's the I true indicator. Zipper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I I wore them and like they were all that I could wear. And they really didn't suit my body no. type at all. No. Then, as now, I have huge legs. I always have. And they're just... If you wear that kind of pant, what happens is make them big enough for your legs, the waist is so loose mm-hmm. that your pants are just always falling down. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Like, I would... Yeah. I, I did have time... Like, I feel like everybody that was wearing them, like, their asses were perpetually out. Yes. But, like... Yeah, it was just a, it was a nightmare, really, and it, it just didn't make any sense for, uh, no, nah, it was just, like, awful and, like, a bad time, and I, I remember being very, very down on myself and, like, how I looked, and in hindsight, oh, yeah. in hindsight, I, I mean. I to tie a sweatshirt around my waist all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so, like, bad, like, felt so bad about how they looked on me. Yeah, yeah, and, like, you know, I can recognize, and it's weird, because it's, like, you know, obviously, like, I, you know, as a trans person was, like, dysphoric, but I think a large piece of it was just, this was not a flattering look on me, and, yes. like, once... Yeah, but I think it was the double shot of, yeah. like, make myself look more hourglass than I am. Yeah. And this is just not good for my body shape. Exactly, and, like, like once, once the skinny jean trend happened, and once I started wearing, I think, like, right before that, I, too, was wearing kind of, like... I feel like I was wearing, like, men's pants, men's shorts, and or, like, kind of, like, the Gap boot cut type stuff. Mm. I think I had, like, one pair that I was able to to find in my travels. And, like, I, I kind of lived in those in the transition. But, like, you know, now now that I'm much older and I understand how, like, my body type functions, like, it's it's amazing how much different I view myself now that I wear pants that don't fucking look like this. I mean, it's just like, back then I wore, like, a small t-shirt. Like, even, like, I'm, I've been losing weight, but, like, it's still, like, I can't imagine ever getting back to that size. Like, something happened, I got, like, broader and, like, bigger. Oh, yeah, because puberty hit you. No, no, this was after puberty, I was wearing small t-shirts. Okay. And I was just, like, now I'm, like, I'm looking at these, like, did I keep growing? Like, I don't understand. And I was like, I look at myself, I'm like, I guess I did, because I don't, that's the thing, like, I have this constant image in my mind that I'm small, mm-hmm. and I am not. I'm, like, 5'11", with, like, big shoulders. Yeah, you're not a small person. Yeah. Like, so it's just, like, it's hard for me to, like, reconcile that, because I was just like, should I be able to fit in that box? Yeah. I, 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 I'm basically Maru, that cat who constantly runs into boxes. <laughs> Um, I love Maru and I love you, Frank. <laughs> I love you both as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, 
So anyway. <laughs> now, is this the point where Sully gets interested in Manny? Uh, yeah, so... Oh. so well, so he's <laughs> like... So he's like... So she's like sauntering. There's a big shot of her ass. Um, it is okay, really I, bad. Like, I understand why this show is doing this, but like, I did not want those like shots directly on her yeah yeah it's like a very it's i i can only hope that the that you know somebody had a had a conflict about this topic because it is one of those things that it's one of those things where i understand what they were trying to do but also at the end of the day it is a child and yeah it's like, I feel like there were ways to have, like, you know, the camera work not spend forever on her ass. And they keep doing it. it yeah. It like, four times. Yeah, and it's, like, I don't know. It's just, like, one of those things where, where once again, I understand, and I also understand to a certain extent, like, the camera, like, you know, they're trying to make camera work operate in a way that, like, teenagers like it's for a teenage audience but also at the same time like you are subjecting a teenage actress to it and and it's just like it's not like riverdale where everyone's like 35 on it like sure like they can do whatever like it's still a kid (laughs) being filmed Yeah. yeah and i was gonna say like at least on riverdale like it's somewhat equal there where those boys will get shirtless for like literally no reason um, and I love Riverdale. I, Riverdale, I love you for it. <laughs> um, but but uh, yeah, like it's just like the male gaze is bad enough, but then the male gaze, like with just well, that's the thing. It's like they're trying to show how like gross and ridiculous you know the male gaze is, and then they just they do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't do both here. Yeah, it's... It takes more subtlety to do both. Degrassi, subtle. Well, it's it's just like, you know... I mean, I I feel like we're just all saying the same thing, but, like... Yeah. It just... I just just hate it so much. Yeah, no, of course. I don't blame you. I, I also hate it. I mean, as this is happening, so, like, all the boys are kind of gawking at her and everything. JT is reflecting with Toby about liking Manny, even if, um, you know, but, like, you know, he's, like, acknowledging, like, you know, I think I might like her, even though she's, like, the girl that I've known since I was, like, four and things like that. Um, which would have been a kind of cute angle to keep going with and and could have been an interesting thread in this episode. I kind of wish it wasn't just a throwaway line and instead was... It, I, I almost wish the episode was less emphasized on Manny's body and more on that, like, you know, Manny's exploring her presentation and in the process of that, JT is kind of reconciling the fact that, like, this childhood friend is becoming a romantic interest. But, you know, it's, it's really treated as a throwaway line, honestly. Yeah. Which is kind of a shame. Yeah, it's just like... Because... Uh, no, like normally I don't like these plot lines because mm-hmm. it's just very much like um, 
the, the, the she's all that kind of thing where it's just like we're going to take this person who was like dowdy and what we considered ugly and we're going to like spruce them up and make them better but she's yeah. like but no like this is this is her this was her choice to start looking like this yeah and like you know she did l- like look and act like a child before like yeah it's not like it's not somebody else changing her it's her changing herself yeah and that's, I felt good because that's how it started out. But then we start noticing, like, Manny is still pretty open to suggestion. Yeah. I mean, like, as she keeps walking down the halls, there's these, like, really... This is where the male gaze gets super male gazy. Like, she's walking, a dude literally, like, jumps out of the way when yeah. she's walking past. And, like, he's, like, so shocked, like... It's weird. But, well, okay, I'll, that's not exactly what I was going for, but once we get there, I'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, and then at one point, like, JT also catches sight of her and walks into a pole. <laughs> and Manny just yells, I'm getting stronger. Yeah, right. It's just like, so, so you know, this is kind of the effect that she has on the school right now. I, I, okay, so... Sorry, quick tangent. Like, I've been playing a lot of God of War lately, the new one, where Kratos is, like, helping his son learn. And, like, some of the bonkers lines he says in that, like, close your heart to their suffering. Close your heart to their desperation. <laughs> just, like, I'm just imagine Manny yelling that. Oh, my God. Like, that's this... the next thing she says. That's a very different tone. <laughs> Manny, I think you're getting out of control. Emma, close your heart to their suffering. <laughs> that would have been fun. A very different tone for the episode, but it would have been interesting. Better, better tone. Yes, I agree. Um, I want to look tough now, and like Manny just has like the pale, like the white paint of like Kratos and the beard. Nice. Manny just turns into a JRPG boss. <laughs> Way better episode, honestly. Um, so the next scene we have is Manny in class. Um, she's sitting in front of Liberty, and Liberty is chastising her because her underpants are exposed. Um, and Liberty, Liberty uh, says, "Like you know, are you? Is this because like you lack confidence? You feel a need to overcompensate?" Um, and also it's a dress code violation, which I don't know, like, like scenes like this, I'm always very torn by because I don't want to say that shows should not have girls having conflict with this type of stuff, because I think it's a very real issue that, that young girls especially go through, right? Like this, this struggle living within the confines of kind of that Madonna horror complex mm-hmm. and how yeah. as like being raised a girl, you really struggle with what line you end up falling on and you lash out and you sometimes say things that as an adult, you would probably cringe at like, like that, like Liberty suggesting that's like, you know, not like, you know, lacking confidence or whatever. I'm sure if Liberty looked back on that at our age, she'd be like, wow, that was kind of shitty. But at the time I understand why a teenager says that. Um, and I don't want to be like, oh, girls should never have conflict in, in media. Degrassi, I actually think, handles a lot of the time girls in conflict very well. 
This is just easy. It's easy. Yeah. It's lazy. Exactly. I think that's my gripe with it. It's very lazy, yeah. and it's very easy to have the frumpy black girl take on this voice. And, like, versus, like, I don't know. It's just, like, I feel like Liberty gets dumped on a lot, especially for her looks. And I understand why she would lash out at somebody because of it. But it's, like what Eric said, it's easy. It's easy to make Liberty have that perspective. Yeah, and I was about to call it out for having yet another pair of, like, our characters of color. yeah. Exactly, yeah. Like, throwing down, but, like, we do see there is some pushback against one of the white characters at the end of the show, at the end of this episode. Yeah, it's true. So I, I did, like, if it had just been this, I would have been annoyed, but because of the ending, I'm like, okay. Okay, yeah. But I th- I do still agree with Eric that I do think it's kind of lazy to have this be the conflict. I mean, the thing, the thing is, though, we did say beforehand, like, it, like we did like the fact that Emma was in a different area. Yeah. So I feel like Liberty is kind of in the same area. I think the more the cons- the more the laziness is kind of the cheap shot of being like, "Oh, are you wearing this because you're yeah. because you're uh you, you lack like confidence, you're overcompensating, you feel the need to be sexy cuz you're cuz you're weak." <laughs> you're weak. <laughs> Once again, if we just act if this was just played out as a JRPG, this would be a very different episode. <laughs> now, now I definitely can see Liberty saying that. Close your heart to their suffering. Oh no, that's one hundred percent. That was Liberty and relax. Let's be real. <laughs> um, but I, I feel it feels weird. Try. I'm not. I'm not fully disagreeing with y'all, but I do. Like, Liberty saying that kind of stuff did ring very true to me. Yeah, yeah. It's, like I said, it, it's a weird thing to kind of toe the line with because it's one of those things where if you write it, especially for a young adult audience, you do still want to try and find a way to fit in that, that, like, that. just because a character said that doesn't necessarily mean that they're right. And it's a little harder, especially in a 22-minute episode where this is being already picked apart from that time time to properly frame all of that. Yeah. Correctly, at least. Yeah. So that happens. Um, then the next scene, we have Emma and Manny kind of staring, like, at one end, and then JT and Toby on the other end, and they're kind of, like, glancing at each other and gossiping about each other. And Emma is, like, super into the idea of Manny and JT getting together. Is this where they're handing out the flyers? Yeah. So Emma's handing out flyers for her environmental club, which is weird. Because, like, they set it up as if it was, like, going to be, like, just an idea that she has. But she actually covers a lot of ground during the episode. (laughs) She gets brochures printed. Like, she gets a lot done. Yeah. Like, Emma, you know, when when there's a will, there's a way with Emma. So... really appreciated her like at the very start of this scene she was like you know i would tell you if it's too much you look good like, yeah she was supportive it was nice yeah, yeah i think that i mean i think it also reiterates like their friendship in many ways like where yeah they do come from very different perspectives and i don't just mean that in terms of cultural perspectives but also just from like their interests like manny's and cheerleading they had a conflict about that they did make sense of it at the end of it but they don't necessarily have the same interests a lot of the time but they still have a deep friendship that they still hold dear so it's nice to see that 
Emma is trying to take this in stride and may not 100% agree with it, may not 100% do it herself, but is still being supportive in her own way. And in many ways, even though Manny is not exactly going about this perfectly, is trying to support Emma as well. Because Emma, you know, is trying to get these brochures out, and Manny is handing them out, wearing her saucy outfit, and um, attracting attention, though it may not be quite the audience that Emma may want. Yeah, and this is also, I believe, the point where Liberty comes up to talk to Emma, and Emma is just like, oh, like, wouldn't JT and Manny be so cute together? Yeah, and Liberty's, like, taken aback, naturally. Oh, I've missed this. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know their their involvement. Yeah, Liberty, Liberty was, Liberty and and, uh, JT, JT went, to the dance, the end of the school year, dance together. We, so, like... We, you know, did our normal three-month time jump, so we don't know how that ended up. Yeah, yeah. I'm still hoping for that to come to fruition, honestly. You'll just have to wait and see, my friend. Um, <sighs> so, so Emma's, like, super big on the couple. Liberty obviously has her issues with it. JT literally gets pushed by Toby to, like, <laughs> go talk to Manny. This was a moment... Dude. This was a moment where I'm like, I needed a friend like Toby. Toby is funny, because, like, Toby, I guess it also comes with being best friends with JT. Like, you just hit a point where you're just like, fuck it, dude. Like, fucking go for it. I am so tired. Like, I respect that. Well, yeah, I got, yeah, this is... Like, this reminds me of, like, my favorite moments of Toby from the first two seasons, where he just is just... The straight man to JT's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. This is where it really works. He just, like, shoves him over. JT kind of awkwardly goes up to Manny and starts talking about platypus. <laughs> it's important. So, like, he's like, oh, this is about the environment. Okay, that's my way in. And starts talking about <laughs> that and how they could be endangered. And could somebody please think of them? Uh, she's like, you care about platypuses? <laughs> he's like, like, it's a mammal that lays eggs. <laughs> yeah, he's like... <laughs> Support. He's like, oh, they're great. Wonderful. Um, and then, like, Sully also swoops in. So you have, like, two moppy-haired children. Like, Jesus she's fucking great. like, sandwiched by these, these helmet-haired moppy-haired. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she's just like, I'm gonna go date a platypus. Yeah, right? If only... <laughs> they have poison barbs. Yeah, if only, if this was on the tough plot, <laughs> plot maybe she would have. Um, but, like... If this was the, if this was the oft-mentioned plat plot. Plat plot? <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but, anyway, Sully, Sully is, like, super intrigued, mostly because he specifically says, like, oh, I'll go to the meeting because your presence is enough for me to go. Um... <laughs> And JT tries to bring up the platypus stuff again, um, and the it it's done. It's over. It's over. It it's he got he gets shut out. Um, sorry, JT. Yeah, I mean it happens, buddy. Like, sorry. Um, so the next time we see the next scene is Emma trying to run her event. <laughs> Emma is just. Like, giving a speech to everyone about... Yeah. A toilet cover. Tropical hardwoods. 
I'm sorry? Other note was 2003 is like extremely specific and incidental environmental causes. Yeah. Yeah. Then, like, so she's just like, you know, uh, Manic Street preaching. And Ashley's that... standing there again. Poor Ashley gets like <laughs> nothing but suffering this episode for two scenes. <laughs> you can see her mentally checking out and wondering what she could be doing besides this. Besides this or listening to Craig's band. Honestly, she's she's between a rock and a hard place. Let's see. I could be writing a new song. I, I could be, be writing... making out with Ellie. Like <laughs> Yeah, with Ellie. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm like leaning really hard into this like Ashley is a woman who loves women thing. And I feel like it's just because what it has to be better than what she's got. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um more importantly, Manny's sitting against the window and there are boys in in the actual event, but there's also boys oh lighting God. the window. Staring. This was so gross. It was really also, fucking gross. Can I say that the guy that like really reacts in the scene looks like he's like twenty eight? Yeah, a lot of these I boys look significantly older in general. I, yeah. I don't. I don't know how much of that is just like the, because like let's be real, like boys. Boys get like I feel like a, a high school senior boy. Like they look stro- Like they look much older compared to like a ninth grade boy cis boy i should be specific like in when i'm talking about this but i also wouldn't be surprised if like some of these boys were a little older because they they really looked like grown in many ways yeah, it made this much creepier yeah yeah they it's a very unsettling shot it's a very uncomfortable one and it's not just, for once, it's not just because Emma is ranting about a environmental issue. It's just because men are disgusting. I'm nodding in agreement. Um, I just wanted to check real quick. This was written by one of our uh, up-and-coming favorite writers, uh, Jaina Senor. What else did this person write? Give me a second. I'm gonna. I know. I'm pretty sure it's an episode we liked. Uh, Sully's like Manny. Is that short for something? And Manny's like, it's Manuela. Oh yeah, yeah. Like she's like not really. She's checked out. She's just enjoying the attention. And yeah, she's like talking about that. And he's like, oh, it's so. It's like I don't even remember what he said. I keep lying to say exotic, but I don't think that's actually what he says. Well, he doesn't say it in front of us. Oh okay. But he does say, um, okay, so what happens, I mean, I think we've said all there is to say about that. Sorry, I, like I said, I was cuddling Barry for, for a significant amounts of this episode. Fair enough. Um. But the next scene, you want me to just jump to the next scene? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, okay. I'm just trying to look this up. So next scene, Sean appears as Emma is cleaning up, and Emma is complaining because, you know... Like, she's like, oh, I like, I wish you were here and everything because Manny attracted a bunch of attention, but it was the wrong attention, basically. Um, and Emma then approaches Manny and tries to bring up JT and, like, what happened with that whole entire thing. And Manny is too busy discussing, like, do I want to go by Manny? Do I want to go by Manuela? What do you think? And in the process of all of that, Radich approaches Manny 
and just right, right in front of Emma, in the middle of a vaguely public space, he's just like, oh, yeah, okay, the crop top's fine, but the undies exposed, that's too much. And claims that there have been complaints. <laughs> there, well, there's been one complaint. There's been one complaint. we know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Liberty's, like, stamping her foot at the end of the hall. Um, okay, I looked it up. Uh, Janice and you are also wrote Dressed in Black. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Um, but, uh, the thing is, like, the, the, the exotic line comes from Manny saying, I think we're going to start going by Manuela. Sully thinks it's more exotic sounding. Okay, yeah, okay. So, Gross. that's what it was. Okay, um, straight cis dudes, I'm going to speak directly to you. Do Everybody else can, like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I feel like this is very, a very specific thing that happens with straight cis dudes. Do not call people exotic looking. I, I'm pretty certain this is specifically yeah. to the white ones. <laughs> yeah. Like, f- like, no. <laughs> yeah, and like... Not appropriate. No. And, like, I'm not going to fault Manny for not being able to recognize that aspect of it because I, no. I understand that she's young. And I also understand. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, like, I'm getting attention and things like that. I'm being seen. Like, to her, it's like, well, you know, exotic, even if she feels weird about it, it's not adorable. So she's happy. So, like, I'm not going to fault her for that, but I did have a little moment. Any time I hear somebody say that, I'm just like, I can't help but be like, gross, 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 I mean, I don't blame you because, yeah, that's a good reason to be like, gross, 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 gross. I was like, there have been two instances I've, like, I've accidentally stopped this guy from hitting on, like, a Dunkin' Donuts cashier where, (laughs) like, I was just playing on my phone and the guy from me was just like, oh, you have such an exotic look to, like, the cashier. And I said, basically that thing, I was like, gross. (laughs) Good. And the other time was another dude was just like, get with the zero, ditch the zero, get with the hero. I heard that, and once again, about thinking, I just go, man, I love Vanilla Ice. And the girl kind of looked at me, she's like, what? I was like, that's a Vanilla Ice line. Trying to save. Do what you can to rescue. You're a good cockblock. I'm yeah. glad using cockblock skills for good. Yeah, I'm into this. Good job, Frank. My my, da- my dad is just like, son, I understand what you're trying to do, but don't get in a fight. <laughs> Please. You spent a lot of money on your mouth. Real? Real? <laughs> I had six years of braces. Six years? Wow. My mouth was a garbage heap. Um, it was either that or they would have to break my jaw. Oh, you were one of those. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. That's a. If we ever have an episode where they talk about dental work, I'll get into it, but not now. I'm trying to remember if going do long. or not. Anyway. Um, um, anyway, anyway. So, so yeah, she gets dress coded for the exposed underwear. Is this also where, is this where Sean makes his appearance? Yeah, he does. I already talked Slim about Shawnee. it. Slim Shawnee? Yeah, Slim Shawnee, no! <laughs> oh. <laughs> not a good name. That's very good, but it makes me sad. Elder <laughs> reveals Slim Shawnee, please stand up. <laughs> anyway, um... 
So Manny comes up with a solution to this. Yeah, so the next day, Emma approaches Manny. um, And and Manny's just like, I'm going to just avoid the underwear issue. Because I'm not wearing any. I'm so... This is the, like, gayest moment I've seen thus far in the scene. (laughs) She just, like, she gets up She's passing by her and just gets, like, right in her face and is like, it's like, whoa. Yeah, okay. no. There's like, maybe it's just watching it with old gay eyes, but like, I feel like there are, this is definitely one of those moments, but like, I feel like there are a lot of scenes that just would play out so much better if these girls were into girls. Like, yeah. Yes. That is a, that is a spicy scene if that's what's happening. But as it is, that's just kind of bizarre yeah it's just like she and i remember as a kid really hyper focusing on this part of the episode and it wasn't even like the fact like it was the way that she said it and i think in hindsight it was just my little gay brain like trying to make sense of what was happening but like i do just distinctly remember how she delivers that line in terms of body language and in terms of uh like you know the what she says i think i broke frank because I immediately, like, the phrase old gay eyes immediately made me think, like, of a parody of that Who song, Behind Blue Eyes. Behind gay eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm I'm happy to wound you in this way. <laughs> but yeah, she, like, stops off and, like, ugh, man. Kept back to Mrs. Hasselakis' class. Yeah. And... I don't know. Going command school, that seemed fraught with danger. I knew girls who did it. Because I remember... First of all, what happens when you have to change for gym class? That was what I was about to get to, so... Just a pussy out look? Like, that's not good. Well, that was what happened. Like, I knew one or two girls who did. And, like, the girls who did kind of were in a bind every time they got dressed because, like, they would either A, not participate in gym, or B, they would kind of sequester themselves off into, like, a very specific corner and be pretty straight up about it. Like, that was the interesting part. Like, I mean, I guess it's also because it's, like, you you know, you, you if you take off your pants, everyone's going to know. But, like, they were pretty open about it, being like, hey, like, I'm not wearing underwear. I'm going to get dressed over here. Listen, I was honestly so dysphoric and panicked every single time I was in the locker room. I never even knew anybody else or what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, I was I was very tunnel vision myself. And, like, yeah. I've talked about this on the podcast, so I don't mind repeating it. But, like, I was also kind of cast aside because I was at least out as into girls. So, like... Mm. It was a nightmarish time of like me being dysphoric and being like, I have no, I have no human form. I have no human form if I do not look. But also like me just being pushed into like a weird little corner of the locker room where not very many people wanted to stand by me. And it's like, okay, here we go. But those girls willingly sequestered themselves off. Like they, they, they seem to be, while I still find the idea of going commando in low-rise jeans to be incredibly uh, uncomfortable. That's they, a lot of rubbing, yeah, that's, a lot of Ooh, that's all I can think about now, and like how nasty yeah. everything gets. Ugh. Ugh. I was just thinking. Like you're washing those jeans like, every night. Ugh. Is it the same pair of jeans? 
I mean... I don't think so. I think it's the same jeans. I think she's just not wearing underpants. Yeah, like, I don't think... It, it looks like the same, like, color wash of jeans and stuff. Anyway, I was gonna say, you know, um, having a friend to, like, run interference on you if you're not wearing drawers... Um, would really come in handy. Too bad Manny's about to lose that. Yeah. So, um, the next scene that we have, Hasselakos is, um, Hasselakos is talking about frogs and is like, hey, who wants to feed the frogs? Which, why didn't every kid have their hand up? Yeah. I don't <laughs> fucking know. I would love to feed frogs in science class. Mrs. Hasselakos is like, why is my hand up? Yeah, like, <laughs> fuck you guys. I have a fucking zoo in this in this classroom and you don't seem to give a shit. But, um, anyway, so, so she calls upon Manny and she's about to bend over and all the boys are, like, super into it. And JT is watching this begin to unfold as she's bending over, and he just, like, jumps up and panics, and he's just like, oh, well, how's the luck? Why didn't you have me do it? And, like, you know, she's like, because you didn't fucking raise your hand. <laughs> she is so annoyed in this episode. I know. I really like it. Me too. Like, it felt real. Um, <laughs> it's just, like... just loves frogs, okay? He forgot frogs. He forgot for a split second. Like, Mrs. Haswell goes, like, I had a bad summer, and these kids are just really pissing me off this year. Yeah. I mean, that happens sometimes. Sometimes it's just, like, you know, you get the wrong groupings of kids. It's, like, not even, like, it's, like, there's so many kids that you're, like, you know what? You're great as an individual. And then you get the roster, and you're, like, fuck this. So, like, Mrs. Ms. Kwan and her went on a road trip. It turned out really shitty. And then they're just super pissed off. Yeah. They just couldn't agree on anything. Yeah. Um, like, like, for some reason, Quan kept wanting to see, like, plays. It was really a hard time for Hasselakos, who just wanted to hit up the museums. Oh. Really couldn't see eye to eye. I, I want to go on that road trip. I know, right? I mean, I, I'm saying it, and, like, that's a perfect road trip to me, but that, that's not the point. A museum every day and a play at night. Yeah, like, sounds good to me. <laughs> In bed by ten. Yeah, right? <laughs> But um, anyway, so after that, JT approaches Manny and asks if she's going wants to see a movie. But Sully is right there with her, shoves his hand in JT's face. I hate Sully. Oh, this was the other the other two thousand three thing. Um, this is totally a reference to an SNL sketch. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, it's the like airline stewardess sketch. That's where the bye comes from. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I know what you're talking about That's vaguely. Like... Yeah, so, like, he, you know, he kind of tries to pull the strings on the conversation as Manny turns JT down. Um, and so Emma gets very angry about this. And... When she approaches Manny about it, she's like, hey, like, you're hurting JT. Also, your clothes are stupid. <laughs> she changes her mind. Yes. And... <laughs> I, I, was that, like, a, a bit of, like, spike coaching? Just, like, by getting there and tell her clothes suck. Yeah, like, like just, like, just hear where it hurts. <laughs> 
And Snake's just like, uh. Uh, maybe not. Also, I have to teach both of them, and you're gonna make my job very hard. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, Snake, back me up. And he's like, I'm already updating the seating chart. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, fuck. Okay. Uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, Manny then translates to like, oh, you think my clothes are stupid. Well, your issues are stupid. Which is like really grim because it's like oh like when you're when your mom was struggling with the with like having a baby that was stupid when- yeah she like she listed off she's like when you're fighting with sean i'm there for you when your mom was pregnant i'm there for you for all your stupid environmental stuff i'm there for you and then she's like the and then she like i actually i hated this but really liked that they went there Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> with, like, her being like, you only don't like it when it's not about you. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, that's such a friend thing to say. Because you're, because oh, that's what, like, your friends know where to really dig that knife in. Yeah. And it is a jump that, you know, we have said about Emma before. We've said, like, Emma hyper-focuses on herself a lot of the time has a lot of difficulty understanding perspectives outside her own. And in the case of Manny, not only has she struggled with this adorable label, but she has struggled as a sidekick. And she has struggled as kind of being the one who who kind of follows Emma along and has not had anything really individually to herself. Even cheerleading and that whole entire thing. Paige is the queen of that. Manny is good at it. But Paige pulls the strings in his leadership position. Manny doesn't have something to herself. And because she doesn't have something to herself, this this idea of her clothes being stupid or how she's expressing herself being stupid is deeply, you know, a deeply personal cut for Emma to kind of hit on her. So, of course, she's going to sling back with as much ferocity. And... Yeah, like, you can make the argument, like, oh, well, like, you know, she's just getting angry about, like, clothes. But it's not actually about the clothes. And also how a friend fight kind of, kind of unleashes and how it kind of snowballs. It's like, it's never just about the thing you're fighting about. It then becomes you pulling all of those things that you kind of kept to yourself or you let slide, especially at this age, like all those little things that you now are just going to attack with. Yeah, like you, um, that one little thing becomes the key for you to open up your, like, your safe full of, like, bile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they just, like, have this tumultuous friend breakup in the middle of the hall. Yeah. And... It's... No one seems concerned, by the way. Everybody's no. Just like, well, I've, I've, I feel like somewhere far away, Paige was just like, women are fighting. I have to get there. <laughs> and it's just like her like running through like the crowd of the grassy students, but by the time she gets there, it's too late. Yeah, it's just like, oh, oh well. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, like She's not going to do any follow-up. She's like, well, I'll figure it out through the rumor mill anyway. She's like, I'll be... <laughs> she's like, well... I did all I can. <laughs> yep. This is it. It's done. Um, so then last scene that we get, Sully is getting, like, like Manny's, like, at, like, some sort of cafe thing. Sully's getting drinks for her. And she looks out the window in this, like, really dramatic <laughs> moment. Like, JT's walking past and glares at her. 
Emma's walking past and glares at her. And then it's just like every character. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, everybody goes down this path going home, apparently. <laughs> and once again, Snake's just like, why are we here? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's just like everyone just stares at her and makes her think about what she's done. Um, but in all seriousness. And then she walks past herself. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what is happening? But in all seriousness, it is just JT and Emma, and Manny just is kind of. Her face is just kind of her staring with this dramatic freeze frame kicking in. And because she's and she appears a bit sad, she knows uh, Sully's about to ask her for her share for the uh, coffees. <laughs> I didn't get all that cash back for that iPod I tried to sell, so or I tried to get. Oh, I'm sure that cash was just a drop in the bucket. Right. <laughs> He's. St- He's still going to expect her to pony up money on their team. Right. I just imagine him selling iPods just constantly. A constant wave of him getting iPods, buying iPods off of people, and selling them at an upcharge. Yeah. Anyway, so that's how the episode ends. So, my question to you two, if you so choose, is how would you rate this episode? A B. C plus. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of feeling like a B minus myself. Yeah. Like, I understand that it's iconic, but I had some problems. Yeah, it's not nearly as, like, when I think iconic Degrassi, like, I, I, I don't think of something that's just salacious. You know what I mean? Like, to yeah. me, good teen media in general is more than just provocative mm-hmm. like i feel like good teen media like has to have a little more to it and it's interesting because this episode is remembered for manny and how she looks and everything but the actual content of the episode is pretty bare bones it, it it's like you were saying about the fight this episode isn't about the clothes yeah yeah and i think that it could have focused itself more as a decaying friendship and that would have been more valuable yeah um and it just really had to tweak it up a little bit i think the the foundation was in it but i think they could have pulled that out a little more and it could have been more more focused on this division between these two girls yeah which would have been more compelling to me than ass shots of a child. Oh yeah, that's what it's losing both its lower grades for. Is just the the weird male gazy stuff. Yeah. So shall we jump to character rankings? Sure. Alright. Um, let's see. Jimmy, Marco, and Spinner. You're saying roughly the same. Like I can't fault you for talking trash on Joey. Yeah, right. <laughs> Joey uh Yo, man, I get you. You're just taking, like, a step down. But eh, a few steps down because, like, you want to hang out with children. Like, I, I, I don't, like, I don't see a problem with that. You, they, like, went, if, I don't see a problem hanging out as a dad to kids. I've no, no, a, no. Being a mentor is fine. Yeah, I have a problem with one hanging out as an equal to them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I, I spend way more time than probably your average human does with teenagers and preteens at this point. But, like, as much as I adore them, 
I want to only be seen as a a guide of sorts to them. I'm not trying to be pals with a 12-year-old. Yeah, like, I have a, my, I have cousins who, like, even when I was in high school, they're like, let's get some beers. I'm like, you are children, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, right. I have a responsibility to you. Yeah, I mean, like, I've had kids be like, oh, are we friends? And I, I just tell them no. I'm like, no, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean I don't like you. It's just that I, I am in charge of you. I look after <laughs> you. I see you as, like, you know... <laughs> my kid as opposed to my friend your your friends can fuck up with you i have to be there when you fuck up yeah that's a really good way of putting it honestly that <laughs> that sums up my whole entire professional career thank you <laughs> um let's see emma I, i'm gonna give emma uh emma's gonna move up a few spots because like i don't fault her for the way she acted um throughout this episode Plus, also that just walking by somebody just to glare. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm also wondering if she walked by a few times, like, she's not looking. Gotta go around again. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sean, you're going a few spots for knowing when to fucking dip. Yep. <laughs> just like, yep. hey, oh, uh, phew, look at the time. Yeah, <laughs> right? Like, oh, I gotta go. I gotta to, go to shop class again. I have to go get Tracker some more... Hydrogen peroxide, I'm out. Yeah, right, like, fight. <laughs> um, Craig, for handling that situation the best you could, you're moving up a few spots. Yeah, we truly didn't unpack the fact that Craig, at the ripe old age of, like, 15, had all of, like, the woes of being a 30-something dumped on him. <laughs> uh, Angie, you were the best. Um, you're gonna just keep rising in my estimations. Uh, Ashley, for putting up with just so much shit this thing. <laughs> so, um, you're going up in my estimations. Uh, Paige, eh, I mean, for being encouraging, I mean, you can't climb much higher. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we call it? Uh, I'm sorry, it's, it's very late. It's okay. You're holding it together much better than you usually do at this hour. Um... Snake was in the episode. Spike was in the episode. Uh, Liberty, yeah, I get it. But you still decided to, like, shame another person's appearance. So you're going down a little bit. Manny, oh, this is a tough one. You, you had, I had to give it to her for, like, trying to achieve something. Yeah. Um, like, trying to make a change. And I can't fault somebody for that. Not happy where it ends up, but I can't fault you for that. Toby for being funny, you're going up a few spots. JT for honestly, honestly, he could have been so gross this episode. None of it. Yeah, There's none of it. Very sweet. Yeah. I'm just like woo. Yeah, yeah, and like in the way that that they kind of framed it, it kind of felt like he was more hurt by how rudely he was rejected. Yeah. As opposed to just being rejected. Yeah. Um, so you're a piece of shit. <laughs> no, we've known that since day one. Um, Go back to playing online poker. I think that's it. I, I can't think of anybody else who's in this episode. Yep. Eric, do you have any highlight, any uh, rankings? Any rankings? Um, I give an A plus to Marco's bandana for being Silas. Uh, and I also give an A plus to the canned fruitopia. That was my other as to how you can, like, precisely date this episode. 
Excellent. <laughs> it's the best I rankings gave, I've heard. I gave a D to uh, Manny of Fashion because it reminded me how bad this time was for fashion. Yeah, God, it was a black fucking hole, wasn't it? It's dire. It was none of it none of it aged particularly well no like it's like that that like part like when you find like somebody has relinquished a lot of their stuff from that era in like the thrift store you're like huh huh huh." yeah i don't i don't want this juicy couture sweatsuit no thank you yeah or like i don't want a blazer with like a big fake flower on the lapel that's like made out of like something flimsy. Ugh. I don't want your dress short. Ugh! God, what a horrible time. Ugh. Anyway, shall we move on to recommendations? Yeah, um... Okay, I might have to yell stop because we're about to hit the borderline, but, um... If it happens, yeah. we'll let whoever's recording know. Okay. We'll edit it. Yeah. Um, Donnie, you want to start? Sure. So I'm going to recommend a book that I've only just started. So hopefully this recommendation will hold up by the time this episode airs. But I just started the book Moxie by Jennifer Matthew. And I'm really liking it. It's about a girl in Texas. She lives in a town that's dominated by high school football and most importantly dominated by gross boys who are being glorified for their football skills. Um, Her mom was a riot girl back in the day who had to kind of give up that lifestyle to take care of her, very similar to kind of like a Spike and Emma type of situation. Um, Also has a dad who cannot take, the, the father in this case has passed away when she was really young, so a single mom trying to take care of her and all that type of stuff. Um, and after she gets really angry about what is happening with the boys and the systems in place about football, she decides to make a zine and try to, and try to, um, bring up her issues and bring up her gripes with this system. So it's a really nice look at girls and how girls interact with each other. Um, it's woefully het and I want to make that clear before you pick it up because it was why I didn't really pick it up for a little bit, because I was like, do I really want to read a het romance? But I decided, I'd take a chance with it. It's a little rudimentary at points, but probably really good for a younger age group. So if you want to read it and feel a little nostalgic, or you know somebody in your life who's more the target audience who might enjoy it, it's a really good introduction into zine culture. It's a really good introduction into feminism and all those types of concepts. And also just a fun way to kind of watch a younger kid make sense of riot girls and that whole entire scene. So if you want to check it out, it's called Moxie. Um, It's now now in soft cover, so if you want to buy it, you can get it for cheap. We're just waiting to see if the thing happens, Eric. Oh. Yeah, it's like a very specific time for some yeah. reason. I do think it's going to happen pretty shortly. I want to say 2.14.48, so we got to... Let's see. Yeah. Three, four. Oh. Huh. Hmm. Now, watch, we're gonna, maybe it's 2.15? I don't know. I mean, I did remove some stuff, so Maybe hopefully, 
All right, well, I'm going to start. Um, okay. Speaking of Riot Girl, because I didn't get tickets to the Bikini Kill show like I wanted, mm-hmm. I'm just going to recommend listening to Bikini Kill. They are still awesome. They're the theme song and the closing song to Teen Girl Talk. I love them. You should love them. Uh, also listen to their uh, grandchildren, uh, Shark Muffin. They are also amazing. I love them. We might go out on a Shark Muffin song. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. So just they're, just listen to good rock girl music. Uh, Eric, what you got? Uh, I was also going to have a music recommendation because I've like ingested new media because I've been in the middle of making my costume for KatsuCon. Understandable. I don't get to read or watch anything. <laughs> um, but I've listened to far too many times um, the band Lope, their new album, which is Double Negative. Uh, um, it is, it's also kind of ties into this episode because it's it's an older um, couple, married couple musician um, that make this amazing music and have been making amazing music for a really long time. Uh, it's creepy. It's spooky. It feels like something digital that's decaying, but it's still very spiritual and hymnal. Um, and yeah, really amazing album. Listen to it on headphones. It's an experience. Nice. So if you want to continue this conversation, whether it's about the plot, whether it's how it impacted you, or whether you just want to talk about music with us, you can talk to the podcast directly um, by emailing us at ihopod at gmail.com. Feel free to give us any information about any of your co-hosting opportunities. So if you're interested in appearing on any episodes, this is a great way to get in contact with us. Also, you can use this as a way to ask us any questions, give us any answers, because Lord knows we need them half the time. Um, Or if you want to provide any audio clips or any text relating to how episodes, characters, or seasons impacted you, please do not hesitate to email them to us, and we will gladly play them or read them on air. Um, If you would like to keep in touch with us on other social media platforms, there's several ways of doing it. You can do that through Twitter, which is at I Hope Pod, or you can join our Facebook group at I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast, um, where we talk about things, um, whether it's sending links about episodes or just talking in general. Um, also, please do not hesitate to check us out on Coffee, where you can donate us a coffee, which we're going, which we use toward upgrading tech as well as compensating guests. Um, Another thing that we want to challenge, or challenge by choice really, to our listeners is giving us ratings. If you do, once we hit 20 ratings and or reviews, we're going to go into the old Degrassi backlog and check out some Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High episodes and give you some of our thoughts, which means as a gift to you for taking the time to write about us in any capacity, we are going to give you more content on top of the Degrassi Next Generation viewing that we're doing. Yes. We're at uh, five already, so, you know, just 15 more. We'll be able to get to those extra episodes. Yep, exactly. So please don't hesitate to do so. Um, But most importantly, Eric, how can people keep in touch with you? Uh, If you want to do that, (laughs) I'm on Twitter at Town. You can see all the terrible things. They are not terrible. They are great. I enjoy them. I mean, 
you're working on Chrome right now, so it's a little it's a little dark, but it'll work out. <laughs> but um if you want to keep in touch with me individually, you can follow me on Twitter at DM is Unbreakable. Um, I don't have a uh, Twitter account. I just have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk, where I discuss other teen media with my sister. And that being said, everybody, thank you very much, Eric, for making an appearance. You've made it through. Thank you. And we hope we can keep making it through and that all of you will be there with us. See you next week. Later. Bye. Bye. You walked in. I woke up. I've never seen a pretty girl look so tough, baby. You got that.